All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Thank you, Australian lady. <laughs> wait, hey, wait, we just oh. went through this one second ago. This is uh, she's British. We need to acknowledge this is round two. We this made is it. Round two. Because she's British and we said she was Australian. We just did a great bit talking about the Australian New Zealand. Might have been our best bit ever. I think we do that bit every single time we come into the podcast. I say thank you, British lady, for leading us into Oilers Nation Radio. And you guys say, no bag milk, she's Australian. And then we have a little laugh about it, a little chuckle, and then Dan uses my government name, and we've got to start all over again. <laughs> because Dan, meanwhile, rolls into this podcast. We all just want to have fun and talk about the Oilers, and Dan yep. wants to dox people. Yep. That's what he's here for. That's what I'm here so for. So we had to redo the whole thing, and now I'm just going to fin- We've literally just finished a one-hour podcast, <laughs> and Dan made us restart because he can't use I our pseudonyms like We've also done that bit. I feel like it's our too. problem to have not be able to edit out Bag Milk's real name. Which is Edwin. Oh, Jared does not. Uh... No, Jared's having none of this. <laughs> Jared's not okay with this. Jared's at all. got a big mind today. Jared had a uh, big night. So dueling pianos last night. He had he had shit going on. He has no cocktails. time for these redos. The pianos come to life and they fight. That's right. What do we do after we run the bit? Bag milk. What we do is we thank our friends Sherwood Ford the Giant <laughs> wow. for making it all possible. How's that for a solo? Chris, we're going to try this again. I'm feeling deja vu right now. Chris, you have a Twitter account, don't you? Yes, I do. Do you follow at Sherwood Ford on Twitter? Yes, I do. Do you? Of course I do. Chris, you have an Instagram account, don't you? Yes, I do. Do you follow Sherwood Ford underscore the giant on Instagram? I do indeed. You remember the underscore this time. Thank you. It sounded a lot more natural the first time. This time, Chris didn't sound as excited as he should be (laughs) following those two accounts on his Twitter and his Instagram at no. Sherwood Ford on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant on Instagram. Follow they're, them. They're Great good people. people. Yeah. Chris, Dan, you were out at Sherwood Ford this morning. What were you doing there? Hell yeah. We were donating Christmas presents to children and families. They were stuffing a big old truck. They were. It's called hashtag stuff a giant truck um, because I'm pretty sure it's the biggest truck in the city. Probably and is. Easily. Easily. Well, and as no, or of note, it's actually not the biggest truck in the city. It's the biggest truck. In the county of Strathcona. <laughs> okay, we have the biggest truck in the city. The, we do. The nation, nation truck. The nation yeah. truck. Nation thanks, truck uh, is- thanks for dan-splaining there. No thanks. problem. Anyway, Sherwood Ford is collecting donations uh, to be donated to the Strathcona Christmas Borough. 
If you're um, listening to this after Saturday, they're not collecting donations anymore. Yeah, try get your donations in, bring it in um, before Saturday. You get to throw it in the truck. How fun is that? And Santa's uh, there too. Santa was there this morning. He was. We hung out with him, took some pics. Got a I, kiss. I told him what I wanted for Christmas. He gave you a big old kiss on the cheek. He did. What did do you, you want for him? Christmas? I want... Um, a kiss from Santa is what he asked for. I want Patrick Maroon to come back to the Oilers. Patrick or Anthony? Just Anthony. No, you want Patrick. Anthony to play on the Oilers? Yes. Patrick's having a terrible year. He didn't. Even, he's one of the first ever former Oilers to not score on the Oilers. Yeah, it's because he plays with the Blues. David Perron also didn't score last night. But David Perron has had a couple teams in between. So he doesn't still. count. There's still four more there, though. Oh, yeah. The curse still I, stands. I remember recently you were telling me that for Christmas you wanted Twitter followers. <laughs> because last year, um, Chris <laughs> bought a bunch of Twitter followers. And this year he thought it'd be a lot nicer if I didn't have to buy my own Twitter followers. If Santa or someone generous, maybe a listener of the podcast, maybe somebody at work, bought Chris some new Twitter followers. If I was going to buy myself Twitter followers, I would buy a lot more than... Think Chris got a really bad deal. He spent $2,500 for 2,500 Twitter followers. No, I don't even have 2,500. I wish. Hey, Sherwood Ford, the giant. Chris needs Twitter followers. We're not saying you should buy them for us. But I wouldn't say no to some. But we're not not saying you should buy them for us. Now, boys, it's been an up and down week for our beloved Oilers. Saturday. Is it Saturday, Dan? Yep. Saturday, big win against Vegas. At home. At home. 2-1. You were there. I was. Coom was there. I was there. What was the vibe like at Rogers Place on Saturday? Big win. It was a Hitchcock-esque low-scoring affair. What do you guys think of your time at Rogers Place viewing our beloved Oilers? I think we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the fact that the Oilers have done way better this year with their in-house experience. I think that the fans are... The crowd shots were even better this time. They, they don't give as many crowd shots as they what used to. What are they to. showing instead? Uh, there's the, been the some highlight packages. There's been some drummers. What? They have... One video per game where they produce from a Hollywood film. They took uh, Saturday. They took Home Alone, Alone, right? Yeah. Saturday was Home Alone. The the, the robbers trying to break into the door and it's hot. And then the Oilers logo was burned into his hand. Uh, He's got the Vegas Golden Knights on his head. Oh. His head is replaced with the Vegas Golden Knight helmet. Oh. So it's, it's, you know what? I give them credit. They're trying. You know what? I'd I'd like to add to this because this crossed my mind too. Were you at the Vegas game? I was at the Vegas game, but like two weeks ago. Or three oh, so you were at the bad one. The bad the one, one that we got killed. You were at the yeah, one at the right s- after we went to Calgary. Chris yeah. doubled down. Oh, yeah. Like, was I need Sunday. to watch more and Edmonton Oilers. We also lost that game. But anyways, um, what I noticed is that they have a lot more, including the Oilers entrance song, a lot more like EDM, hype-up music, flashy Like Jack and Diane's? No. <laughs> Tycho's been read like, the riot act. No, no, no. They do a great job. And even beginning of the period, there's also like some intermissions like of just like pumping me up. I don't know Johnny about the older crowd. Yes. Johnny of there's a or, or there's an organist now too right like there's someone playing there's always organist. been an organist they, really? I yeah. feel like they never I remember an organist as well but I feel like they never got they the underutilized the organist yes. they don't use them very much but they have been there for the whole time because I heard a couple of games ago at Rogers Place they were playing uh, still Dre fuck yeah they played uh, on the organ on Saturday they played the shark song yeah that's right that they played the oh well, Cam I know that was exciting that for you. Uh, that really stressed me out it's it's kind of funny to play a song because <laughs> then it was stuck in my shirt, it wasn't even yeah. the real version of the song it was no. only the the organ version and it was stuck in my head for the next ten days yeah it's still stuck in my head Sing right now, now from that Sing it. baby shark but you know what else the DJ did speaking of the DJ that he did really well and I thought he was really on the ball for this and he deserves a pat on the butt I didn't even notice or this on you caught back. this right away though immediately after Ryan Spooner scored what I imagine was his first goal of the season for either team he's been on. They Second played, goal. They played Spoon Man. Oh, nice. Played, played, played Spoon Man by Soundgarden. Everybody was freaking out. They're like, I know who that guy is now. <laughs> I don't, didn't know who Ryan Spooner was until they played Spoon Man. Now I get it. I Rick, don't know if I've Rick you go to a lot of games. Have you noticed a change in the overall entertainment value at Rogers Place compared to even last year? I think it has taken a step up here. Oh, Coom just Coom down here died over here. Pull yourself together, man. Reset our microphones. Everyone's okay over there. Do you guys want to reset and start the podcast again? I think we should. <laughs> Edwin, are you okay with that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I think the uh, the in-house entertainment has been a little bit better. They've taken uh, they've taken some steps in the right direction. I still think the Super Mario Brothers, the uh, drum, the drum team there looks kind of funny. Yeah, uh, I would have gone something a lot more organ heavy, uh, like the old Chicago Stadium. 
They should have had an organ that they could roll around everywhere to hype up the crowd. What if instead of an organ, they had a giant synthesizer? See, okay. Jared loved that idea. No, no, no. I, I'm on board with this because I think Rogers Place, brand new arena, brand new ice district. They're like playing more EDM. They got to back away from like the old Chicago barn style organ have band a big synthesizer. and go towards millennial uh, appeal. So they should hand out, they're going to hand out MDMA at the doors during the game and everyone's going to get wired the fuck up and they're going to play that EDM bouncing around, hugging each other. What if they just gave MDMA to the first thousand fans that showed up, no matter your age? Can you imagine they that sell game? just thousands and thousands of bottles of water. Everybody's grinding their teeth and shit. It'd be amazing. Uh, back to the Oilers for a second. What You're do you guys think so idea. far of the Hitchcock era and the low scoring games the Oilers have been playing in? Obviously, they're not scoring a ton, but they're not giving up a whole lot either. Against Vegas, they only gave up the one. Dallas was a little bit of a different story on Monday. We'll get to that because it was a Connorless game. And then last night, they only gave up two. Chris, what are you thinking about the low-scoring Hitchcock-era Oilers? I haven't watched a lot of games in the last 10 days. Where have you been? Mexico. Wow. What have you been doing in Mexico? Drinking. You joined a cartel? I joined a cartel. Good for you. Two of them? Three. Oh, all three of them? I turned down lots of Mexican drugs. People just hand out drugs on the beach. Apparently. Well, no, you got to pay for those. Oh, okay. Allegedly. No, nah, well, okay. Anyway, so I haven't seen a lot. So this is my point of view from the outside perspective of someone who hasn't watched a lot of Oilers. Somebody games. who's in Mexico. Go I ahead. hear about, I see the complaining on Twitter about the low scoring games, but what I also see is the two points that we get. Exactly. So then the first game I watched when I was back was the game on Monday without Connor, and it was the most boring Oilers game I've seen in my life. Let's talk about the Connorless Oilers for a second. He had the flu. You know, and you know what? He must have been really sick to not play considering it was the dad's trip. Papa McDavid was in. He wants to see his boy play. I know that the night before the Dallas game, they had some kind of like uh, team meal with the pops. He missed that as well. So, Coom, what did you think of the McDavidless Oilers on Monday and how this team actually looks without him on the ice? The McDavidless Oilers are a bird without wings. Or a car without wheels. It is a, it's like a, like watching a fish bounce around out of water. It is a sad, sad, sad sight. And I, house. I, I, I sure as hell hope that that's not something we have to see for an extended period of time. Lord save us if he goes down for an extended period of time. Everyone knock on wood. Why would you say that? That, I said was, it, that was bad. I said it this morning. I just feel, it just feels so frustrating that, that, that Hitchcock has to play this, this style where he's, He's playing a, He has the team playing a style because of the talent on the team below Connor, not necessarily because it's a you know a winning. It's it's a winning strategy, but you know what I mean. Like it's just frustrating that he, we have to play this at it, this point. It's a product of uh, of Chirelli. Of course, Pete's put us in this position. That's his the team. only way the we McDavidless team's his team. Exactly. The only way we can play right now is to play the way that Hitchcock has us actually playing. We have three top six forwards and somehow we, we have to plug in three other guys. We don't have the ability to go out there and, and run around like Calgary's and teams like that. But this, this is exactly what the uh, GM's done to us. But like, and you, and to that point too, you look at like a team like Toronto who is just without Matthews for what? Nine, 10, 10 games, games. I think. And, and no Neil for the whole year. Beat. They didn't they have the exact same. Yeah, Cause they didn't trade their quote unquote, Taylor Hall, their quote unquote, Jordan Eberle. So, I know you're saying this is Charlie's team, but I, I often think about because he tried to build this team around McDavid. So say we didn't draft McDavid, would we have brought in Lucic? Probably because it's Charlie. Would we have brought in Cassian to like protect probably McDavid? Cause probably because it's Charlie. But then it's like we wouldn't have traded Taylor Hall. We probably wouldn't have traded a lot of other guys. Okay, so but I, if, you, I, if you don't have, if you don't get Connor, you don't just like he doesn't just disappear. Who 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 do we get that? Dylan no, Strom. <laughs> I just wonder. We would have. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious if we wouldn't have drafted Connor, how Chirelli would have built the team differently. Or if they would have hired Chirelli, because remember, when they won the lottery is when they cleaned house, and yes, Tavish and Kevin Lowe got put Somebody may got on the telephone and yeah. told somebody else that, hey, if this is going to happen, something has to happen, and so, yeah. something Maybe happened. Maybe we'd, uh, and- we'd have Mac T still as the GM. Uh, we'd have Dylan Strom in the mix. It, for me, it's just frustrating that we're still looking at a middle-of-the-pack team three years after Shirelli came in as a GM. But that's a, once again, that's because he's put us there. Yeah, absolutely. He's taken us, he's cut out our knees, and now we have to march down the street. You can't do it. Now, so 
Hitchcock is here. He's going to help us play a, a style that will allow us to win. And yeah, and that's that's all you can do with with the guys that uh, Pete's put out there. Can I talk about Shirelli? I love talking about Pete Shirelli. Get in there. If there's one thing that this experience has taught me is that this motherfucker's not going to get another job after this. How? Find me another GM who got gifted a generational talent, squandered it for two of the first three years. Peter Shirelli in Boston. Nope. (laughs) You say again? Well, he traded Sagan. He also traded Blake Wheeler. He's just a bad GM, and I don't know, understand why anybody keeps hiring him. Do you think players, maybe coaches, have refused to come to Edmonton in the last four years because Trelly's here? We've heard, we've heard of those stories. Yeah. Well, I, we've nice heard them more about the coaching rather than GM. That's true. But who brought in the coach? Well, it, to be fair there as well, Mac T was chasing Todd McClellan before Shirelli was even hired. Both. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. There's, there's, but like back to what Rick said, the talent that he's moved out, I think conservatively, you can say that Shirelli's moved out 80 plus goals a season without replacing any of it. He's making bets on fucking internal guys getting way better and guys who weren't his players producing far more. It's like, okay, Nuge and dry you got to go out and rip it up. Connor, you got to go out and score 40 to 50. And then you've got a whole cluster of players at the bottom of the lineup that are being outscored collectively by fucking Pontus Aberg. Who is the who is the best non Chirelli player on the roster? So if he inherited, so we'll say he inherited McDavid because let's not pretend he got McDavid. That was luck. Yeah. So there's McDavid, Drysaitel, Nugent Hopkins, Clefbaum, and uh, Darnell Nurse are all non Chirelli players. Who on this roster is the best non Chirelli player? Cam Talbot. Talbot, Koskinen, Larson. But Sather, Sather did go out on record, I think, with Zach Lang and told him that he yeah, wouldn't have made that. So he wouldn't have made that deal back. if he wasn't leaving. He's like, GM, good so. God, you guys are hopeless. But then also, to, to take that favor back, he was like, you have to take Ryan Spooner. <laughs> yeah, down the <laughs> line, we're going to make you take Ryan Spooner. You get Cam Talbot for nothing. You're taking on Ryan Spooner. I just, I don't understand how this guy's got a job. Even if the Oilers, if, if Hitchcock can manage to squeak them into the playoffs, he still needs to go. And I think he should be going before the trade deadline because I don't trust I him know. to get two pizzas and a two-for-one deal. But then the problem is, I guess if you put like uh, Keith Gretzky in there, but I was going to say, if you move him before the trade deadline, then like a new guy's going to come in and he's going to take a year to evaluate the team. And it, we're going to be in a rebuild. That's why the quicker you get him out, the better. So it's yes. like if you bring him in, say, fire Pistol Pete on the 23rd right before Christmas so it's just as awful <laughs> as possible because that's what he deserves at this point. Agreed. Drive him out to the airport, give him middle seat, drop him off in Winnipeg in a parachute because Winnipeg doesn't have an airport and then make him find his way back <laughs> to Boston or wherever the hell. So let him do that and then bring in that new guy right away so they can have maybe a month and a half before the trade deadline to figure it out. All right, we're going to throw a draft pick at Mark Stone. Or are we going to do something like that? Or are we going to stand pat? And then they actually have like six months before free agency to like understand the roster so we don't have to have another fucking rebuilding year. Yeah, it's crazy. Arguably, too, if they brought in somebody from within the organization like Keith Gretzky, he doesn't have to do an assessment period yep. as much as... Maybe it'll be Scott Housen. I just don't think that there's any world where I believe Peter Shirelli should be allowed to make more deals. And I don't think he is. I think I've said that on this podcast before. I don't think he is making the decisions anymore. I feel like the Spooner trade is a very Shirelli trade. Yeah. But he brought in... So Reed said... A one-for-one one involving a player that's worse than the player going away? That's extremely totally. Chilly. Reed sent me some audio, and, and th- this is case in point, and actually, you know what? This first segment brought to you, of course, by our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Chris told you already you need to follow them on Twitter. At Sherwood Ford, Chris. At Sherwood Ford. On You're... Instagram. At Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant, Chris. Yes. You're so impressed when I correctly read the plugs. Very good memory. Thank they you. have a... Sherwood Ford has good hockey takes. I got great hockey line. takes. Follow them during the games. Corio's entertaining. He's yelling at you. Corio. He's got his game day rants. He's got a good game day rant. Then they throw up a video of Gus eating treats. There's always pictures of Gus. Hey, speaking of, speaking of Gus, he picked St. Louis to win last night. You know who didn't pick St. Louis to win last night? Mm. My man, Frank. Has Frank ever picked against the Oilers? He picks against the Oilers a lot. Because I saw people on Twitter were suggesting that you're rubbing some kind of grease on that Oilers sheet. You put pheromones on There was on that grease. Sheet, don't you? So you... So that was the thing a lot of people were saying. They were calling shenanigans. They were taking Frank's integrity into question, and I will have none of that. So last night, Cam, I drew a new Oilers logo. Wanya just poked his head in. Hello, Wanya. Goodbye. 
I drew a new Oilers logo specifically for last night's pick. No alleged grease, which is probably just Frank licking. You should the paper. probably draw a logo on the video so that we can so we can trust it. I will. I'd love I to see you that. live draw a logo. I will do that. I will. For who do we play next? No, I've already got Minnesota. a wild logo. And you have to break out a new piece of paper out of the package too. Fine. Well, Fine. You have to videotape have to yourself go going to Staples, <laughs> buying a pack of paper. Better idea. You have to videotape Evan, the intern, going to Staples for you, delivering the paper, stack to your house, him opening it up, putting it down, and then you drawing the logo. I'll call it a paper cast. I'll do that. Okay. I'll do that. Because you know what? I don't appreciate people saying Frank is a cheater in any possible oh, no, way. No, we're not now. saying Frank's a cheater. We're saying you're a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? While, we're, while we uh, briefly touched on Evan, I just want to give him a shout out for finishing his 2,500 word essay last night. So great. Evan, the intern, had to recap his time here. And I would like to note that he really scraped the line. 2,501 words. <laughs> yes. The assignment was called for 2,500 words, and Evan went all in with so, 2,501. So I read learned um, a lot here at the nation. I read Evan's essay this morning. He sent it to me. He's like, can you please proofread this? Uh, I said, okay. And he went off the rails in his essay. It stopped talking about working here and just talking about how he designed his apartment building with all kinds of scented candles. What kind? So just different like lavender, lavender. Just yeah. different candles. Yeah just, yeah, just different kinds Whoa. of candles. So for about Christmas thousand means. words, Evan goes off on a tangent and it goes from, yeah, I went on a trip with the guys to Calgary and I'm learning about branding. And then all of a sudden mid sentence, it cuts off and he's like, yeah, I went and then in my apartment, I bought a thousand new candles and I stacked them all up and uh, put it in my room. And it's just like, it's, it's this really ambient feeling. It really calms me down. It really makes it feel like it's not winter because, you know, it gets really dark and it gets really cold. And I like having a lot of candles. Jared, is, it, Jared is mystified right now. By yeah, I mean, it was a really, really abstract uh, paper from Evan. And I think Nate's going to really appreciate it. Obviously, since this is a podcast, you can't see this. But I love the look on hungover Jared's face as Cam goes down the rabbit hole of talking about Evan's scented blueberry <laughs> candles and whatever else he's got going on in that creepy apartment of his. Uh, I Evan, also, Evan's den. Yeah, Evan's den of love all kinds of creepiness <laughs> evan's candle ben <laughs> i do want to give evan a shout out though because one thing that i really appreciate about evan the intern is how he brings uh nicely proportioned servings of doritos into the office fills up a little tuppy got about 15 20 chips in there and every one of his lunches is like a walk down memory lane of elementary school and dunkaroos gushers uh, a little bit of fruit. That's the like foot. the kind of lunch I would have packed for myself in grade five if both my parents just left. Holy, <laughs> 100%. both my parents were just like, you know what? Fuck this kid. I'm done. But, I'm going to be like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, I'm in. And I go into the pantry and I grab like three fruit by the foots, like a bag of chips. In, de- in defense of Evan, I think I shopped the same way for groceries when I first like moved out of my parents and like stop defending the intern intern interns stick together they always do forever interns fly together it's like the two uh, it's like wham you know what I mean nope there's no way they know what you mean (laughs) what is wham nobody knows about wham it It was George Michael before George Michael George Michael that's all I'm saying they don't even know who George Michael is what's going on over here Evan please don't get scurvy is all I'm saying now, back to the others. Last night, big win against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, probably not the prettiest win they'll ever get. Ugly. First period, not good. First period looked like the Oilers should be relegated to the <laughs> AHL. Yeah. The last, pl- the last place Blues were absolutely running the show, and it was completely disheartening to watch. Had it not been for Cam Talbot's exemplary play, that thing would have got out of hand, Chris. Hell yeah. I know you like talking goalies. What do you see from Cam Talbot last night? Uh, Cam Talbot is the answer. <laughs> Just oh. kidding. I no. I, I Whoa. back. No, it was really, it was really nice to see Cam Talbot bounce back. Like we've all been waiting for this game. Um, so last night he had twenty eight saves and a nine thirty three save percentage. And that's exactly what we needed from him. Like we we know Cam Talbot to make a lot of big saves at the beginning of the game when we suck coming out of the gate. And that's exactly what he did for us, and he kept us in the game. Um, it allowed us to find our footing, um, and then once we started scoring goals, it was uh, it was all up to our forwards from there. So really nice to see Talbot get the win. His his celebration at the end just like put a smile Two on fist pumps. Oh yeah, love. You can tell the whole pump. team was so pumped for him. Yeah, man, hundredth win as an Oiler last night for Cam Talbot. Dan, I want to ask you the weird thing I thought 
we were going back and forth a little bit on Twitter last night. The weird thing that I thought was the people taking shots at Talbot after the first period, they were down 2 nothing. Two goals that, in my opinion, I don't know what else he could have done on. What do you think about the people that are still taking shots at him despite the fact that he kept them in the game? It's just, it's an easy thing to do when the team is losing a game, especially with Talbot having lost six games in a row. I think it's just, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. He had only one game during that stretch of six where he was above 900 save percentage. So that's not great. But when you look at the game and like Sportsnet broke it down in the first intermission, the team is letting him down so often. And and you just don't see those kinds of breakdowns with Koskinen in the net. I don't know if that's Koskinen, you know, necessarily playing better and giving them confidence, whatever it is. But Talbot needed that game last night and he got it. And now, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do next for the next game for Talbot. I think they 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 got to start Talbot again, hey, Rick? I think so, yeah, for sure. I'm, he's, he's still your number one. He's still your number one 100%. goaltender. Uh, you could definitely put it back in, put him back between the uh, between the pipes there on Friday. Uh, he played well yesterday. I know that you know everybody wants him to make six hundred saves in a night, but these these forwards that are scoring are also getting paychecks. They're also there for a reason, and a lot of times we're allowing them to shoot from really really advantageous spots on the ice. I don't think I've seen any goals on Talbot that have been like you shake your fist at like none of them have looked like the Koskinen um, offside goal there from a couple of games ago. So I don't think he's been playing. He, he's been unlucky. He's, yes. You want your goaltender to make that next save. And there's been times where you're like, mm, I kind of want him to make those saves, but he hasn't been really, really bad. And last night he made a lot of that important save where you just didn't let uh, St. Louis get that extra goal on us. He made that next save a lot last night, probably four or five times that ha- kept us in it. And that's exactly what you want out of him. I want to ask you guys what you thought about the, uh, obviously to our advantage, the disallowed goal that St. Louis got. Uh, to me, I feel like it was the right call in the moment because the ref was watching it in real time. If you watch it, the slow-mo replays that were coming out right after it, then you see, oh, okay, Benning bumped Tarasenko into Talbot. He got knocked over. St. Louis scored, blah, blah, blah. In the moment, though, when I was watching it live on TV, I thought Tarasenko ran into Cam Talbot. So what did you guys think of the disallowed goal? Um, actually, you know what? I was surprised Brian Burke was defending the call as well. It was like, you know what? I think it was a right call in the moment. You can't challenge it because it was blown dead, blah, 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 whatever. Cam, what do you think of the disallowed goal that eventually... Gave the Oilers the opportunity to tie it late. Well, it was easily the right call. He was, it was, St. Louis guy was all over Talbot in front of the net. What's he going to do? Got knocked down. Do you? Think, what about? Uh, what do you think about Benning? Maybe give him a little bump into Talbot. That, think, like that. That's pretty much like the standard thing. Like if um, it's like the even if the D man kind of shoves you a little bit and you end up like toppling over the goalie, they usually give the benefit of the doubt to the goalie because you can put some effort, which Tarasenko didn't to, you know, like, get out of the way. You stand in a different spot, and he just, you know, happily fell back. Like, pretty obvious, like, goalie interference, if you ask me. Chris, you are part of the goalie guild. You're also part of the ref guild. So this must be a tough mm-hmm. one for you. I would like to know your thoughts on the disallowed goal for St. Louis. Um, I think the... You always got to protect the goalie, number one. So There's the goalie guild opinion. Go ahead. And the ref guild... Uh, I agree with the in the moment thought. Like it's it, it's it's interesting. You can't review that play. I'm not complaining because it went in our favor, but uh, I I agree with it. Like all in all, like you, you got to give um so, you got to give some factor to the ref that it is live in the moment and he doesn't have a replay option. So I'm fine all in all with both aspects. Of the Dan, play. I was just shocked that we that we didn't get it wasn't a goal that we had to have reviewed. Um. Hitchcock, man, it's like Hitchcock. We're getting these calls in the Hitchcock era. It's yeah, it's wild to see it, but it, it is something that's kind of uh, systemic of of goalies now that whenever they get touched, they they do what well, Talbot and, did, where yeah. he where he kind of just you know starts wobbling and and goes down real quick, and that's and that's fine. That's, that's how you get game. a call. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I'm a goalie, I'm going full yard sale. If anybody, I'm trying to, yeah. if anybody bumps me, I'm trying to find the replay. Did uh, the Blues player have an opportunity to? Like, move out of the way not or it really was like all happens it's pretty bang bang but like cam said you could probably like you could have like made a little jump or put some kind of yeah. you can stay on your feet man you're going up against matt benning <laughs> hey come on 
Wow. He's a tough kid. Wow, man. He's not, we're not, we're not, you're not going up against like some like six foot six machine here. You're going up know. against Matt Bennett. You can fight back a little bit. Sound your feet. Tarasenko's a thick boy too. He's over 200 pounds. Exactly. He's, he grew up in, he grew up in Siberia. The guy is from like Eastern Russia or something. He grew up working on the railroad since he was like six years old. Like <laughs> bend your, bend your knees, get in a ready stance and stand up. You know what? It's funny. We're talking about that because this morning on T- <laughs> this morning on TSN they did like the top ten comebacks, and one of them was when Russia came back and won the gold medal in the World Juniors. Was that the Yakupov year? Can't remember. No, yeah, uh, no. I it think was, that might have well, been a year before. No, Tarasenko was in it, but I just remember watching like all the Russians sing their national anthem, and it was just so annoying, and I was so bitter because they came back and beat the Canadians. But Tarasenko was in that group, just like smiling. Hear that Russian singing. national anthem and. Chris is just like visualizing Ronald Reagan going across the ocean and punching down the Berlin Wall. That's Germany. Dan. <laughs> Dan, can Dan. you not play along with his Sorry. imagination? Dan, you, 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 you understand how the Berlin Wall worked and how that, how that was associated with Russia, right? <laughs> Little history lesson coming yeah, out here. Can you explain this? I don't really know. Real quick, Coom, give us a uh, rundown on the Berlin Wall in 30 seconds or less. Go ahead. Right. So after World War II, the Allied forces and the United Soviet, the USSR, there was a communist bloc that was Eastern Europe, and then there was a democratic <laughs> bloc. It split right in between Germany, and then therefore Western Germany was democratic, Eastern Germany was communist, the Berlin Wall was the literal representation of communism in the world. Okay. There goes a little Berlin Wall talk for you. Not only are we here to entertain you and talk about the others, we're here to educate. That's what's important today. Uh, going back to the goaltending really quick, around the horn, I just want to finish up this call, uh, chat on Talbot with a guess. I don't think it's been announced yet. Who's going to play tomorrow? To me, I think Talbot's kind of earned a chance to get another one in, though not taking away from Koskinen because he's played great. I just think, you know what? Like Rick said, Talbot is your starter. Give him the chance to get two in a row. Dan, what do you think? It's tough on Koskinen because that game against Dallas wasn't his fault. That was a missing Connor uh, that killed the entire team. But yeah, I do agree that we go back to Talbot. Yeah, why would you... Talbot just played the best game of his season. Why would you go back with Koskinen? You well, this morning you thought Talbot had no wins this season. So <laughs> I was, Yeah, I'm having a rough week here. Chris is still in Mexico mode. I am. I remember, actually, yesterday, remember yesterday when I made that image? That, that says Drake Kajula will be out of the lineup and then Chris puts it up on Instagram and it says Ty Ratty's not playing tomorrow in the game. Shout out to all of our nation fans who are on the ball though and they were so confused by you. I, yeah, I'm confused by myself this week. I, I actually thought that Cam Talbot got his first one this season last night. Don't ask. Oh, Talbot for sure. Koskinen plays. Koskinen, come on now. Talbot's number one. You go with them. I think Hitchell already said you really don't uh, swap up a winning lineup anyways. So I think easy money is on uh, Talbot. But another thing to consider is since they're playing Calgary on Sunday, and that's a huge one, are you going to start Talbot on Friday and then potentially do him three games, three games in a row? Yeah. He's Could had be, enough, why not? He's yep. had enough yeah. rest to, to oh, be able yeah, to he's, that now. He's flying I, I kind of have a feeling they're going to go Koskinen and then they're going to go Talbot on I think they're going to go Talbot on Friday and then Koskinen on Sunday. Myself. Yeah, I could see that. Because who played in Calgary? Was it Talbot? K- Koskinen played when we were in Calgary. Okay, so maybe maybe they do do Talbot on Sunday. Just a different Doody. look. Said, because Doody. the last time they played Minnesota... Poopies. <laughs> the last time they played Minnesota, Talbot was in net. So maybe okay. a wild, a different look. Maybe Ooh. a little switching it up. The big switch up. These goalie guesses brought to you, of course, by our friends, Chris, at Get Sauced. They've got delicious sauces, accoutrements, spreads, seasonings. You're staring at me right now, and I like it. Me and Chris are making some very deep eye contact. You can't see it, listener, but I, I can feel it. Honestly, I feel I, it in my loins. I'm just really can, tired, and I zoned out. I was just staring <laughs> they can probably feel it through the microphone, though. Go check out our friends at GetSauce at GetSauce.com. Survey everything they have to offer. I guarantee your mouth feelings will thank me. GetSauce was in uh, Edmonton this last week at the Butterdome trade show. Shout out to everyone who went and bought I said pop. hello. I stopped by and said hello. Did you no, buy anything? You didn't. I did. I get? didn't. It was crazy. Their booth at every trade fair or trade show I've ever been to is the most busy of any of them. People love sauce. It's unbelievable because they're sick, giving out eh? they're giving out so many samples. They they're willing to give you a taste of anything that they have. They'll crack it open right in front of you. It's uh, it's beautiful. We are still waiting for radio silence. They'll get sauced. They're so busy. Oh, I know they're busy. Yeah, this is oh, their man. this is yeah. their busy season. Dustin wants so bad to get that to us. I really want it because I think Jay needs to suffer. He does. 
Jay and needs to be punished for his evil ways. Suffer, to be Believe me, I want to. I want to fuck him up. And I believe you can. <laughs> I know that difficult you trivia, fair trivia, not 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 too difficult, fair, reasonable trivia that he's going to get wrong. I like that you are going through behind the scenes. Cam has been going through some practice rounds of Coombs trivia, looking at different ways maybe comparing players to each other, maybe just going straight up list style like we've done before. I think Jay's in trouble. I think Jay's in trouble. Dan, you wanted to bring up a little bit about Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, he's been uneven. I think he's had like a weaker week mm-hmm. by his own standards and by what people would expect of him. What are you seeing from Leon Dreisaitl? What are you thinking? Where should he be? Go ahead, Dan. I just think that... He- as soon as they made the change to put him back on the top line, that was just after Hitchcock started, came here, right? That I think that he has just declined from there on in. And I think that it's time that we hold our stars accountable. Like we've done oh with, like we've God. done with Lucic. We moved Lucic down to that fourth line. Now he's over a point. He's he over a point for game points in 28 games. I just don't think that he is. How do you see him declining? I don't think he need. I don't think he has earned the spot on the top line. How I, do you see? Where's the de- it's where, the eye test, Rick? What, nobody okay, what, nobody what else. You team, <laughs> okay, I, I'm not a big guy when it comes to Excel spreadsheets, so I love the eye test. Yes. What part of it do you see that he's la- where? Where's he lacking? The, the only- play. The play is dying on his stick. He honestly, if you if you watch him and you're not, you, you can't tell what line is on the ice. You might think he's Lucic right now. Not a oh, chance. Okay. I just Where don't think his passing, from? his passing on the power play has been real bad. His positioning on the power play has been real bad. I just don't think he needs to be on the top line right now. I think that who are you replacing him with? I I believe that Connor can play well with Chieson and Raddy. So and then you move Drysaddle down to maybe with Nuge. Okay, I'm not against putting him with Nuge. Uh, that just kind of solidifies your second line, and I think a guy like um, like Connor can get away with lesser wingers. That's my point, and that, and it's so it's so to me, it's like if you have Drysaddle up on the time top line, that needs to be an absolutely dominant line all the time. And if it's not that dominant, then you need to try and make your second line worth worth What's its weight. Dominant a point per game. Uh, yeah, more than that. They dominate because like, he's over a point they have per to game. Be, they have to be outscoring their opponents by like a. They have to. They have to be outscoring their opponents. And right now, those two since the Hitchcock era are they have fifty percent of the goals when they're on the ice together. Right. Leon Dreisaitl is going to score ninety points this season, and he's going to come to a little break and punch you in the. That's fuck. the thing. That's, the thing that's fine. You, you know what I'm terrified of? He's going to get Horkoffed. After Horkoff signed his contract, everybody sat there and said, "Oh, he's seven million, or he's five well, and a quarter, exactly or whatever." I don't want to. Exact, everywhere out there, and there, everyone will say, "Oh, he's overpaid. He's overpaid. He's overpaid. He's overpaid." I want to go through everyone who gets paid eight point five million dollars, put them all on a, on on a list, and where do you draft Leon on that list? He's yeah. probably in the top two, three, if not number one. And I'm not looking at any. I have no idea who's there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not calling the guy a bust or anything. I'm just saying that in the last two weeks, he has not shown me enough to be to be a to be a standalone on that line with Connor. I think that you're forcing to, you're you're putting too much talent up on the top line, and it's not producing enough that you need to start spreading that out through the lineup. Well, they're getting some W's out of this. So, I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world. We don't have a, a whole bunch of options. Like I said, I'm not against um, rolling him with Nuge just to spread things out a little bit. But I think uh, that line, there's uh, first of all, you've had Connor be sick for the last however long. You can't be 100% sure that Leon's, Leon's um, uh, completely healthy. He's getting... He, the physical play down low that he's going through right now is incredible. Uh, I think he plays very well in small spaces. He's, he's, he uses his body very well. I don't think I've noticed a lot of passing that's been um, all that bad. There's still that one backhand pass. I can't remember who he made to just inside the blue line. That was absolutely ridiculous. I think he's probably one of the best passes in the league still. But uh, yeah, if you want to bump him down to kind of spread things out a bit, go right ahead. But I wouldn't sit here and say that He's not playing well. Maybe he's not at 100%, but I don't think it's there's, at a point that I'm worried about yet. There's just this like epidemic we've always had with Oilers fans where we always want to blame the good players in the team rather than blaming the depth. And I'm and not this this happened this happened with Taylor Hall too. It was always, "Oh man, Hall's not good enough to will the Oilers." And it was like, "No, the rest of the team sucks." And it's like the same thing with Alish Hemsky. It was like, "Oh, why can't Hemsky make the team win?" And it was like 
with with dry sidle it's like you expect such like great things because of the 8.5 number if it was 7.5 then we'd be like ah oh, fuck it you can take like a game off i think even big- then it's like against dallas like he was driving his own line with um with no everybody McDavid. drink Driving his line. Hey, his line. yeah, he, he had his own line and they had 26 shot attempts when he was on the ice and Dallas had nine. I also think a part of this, too, is like I'm looking at his ice time right now. He played yeah, like 28, 48 last night. He played 25, 25 the, the night before in Dallas. I think that a part of it, too, is I just don't think Leon should be playing that many minutes. But the problem is Hitch can't. Hitch can't play more than Connor, Leon, and Nuge all the time because everybody else is just like, they're not doing anything. So he's trying to win hockey games. Leon's a big part of it. I just think that, still, although, don't get me wrong, Dan, I would love to see Leon and Nuge together. I think Connor's good enough to play with anybody. It's kind of like Crosby. Like, who are Crosby's wingers generally? Brian like, Rust. Chris Kunitz has never, has not done anything since he left Crosby's line. Chris well, Kunitz old. has a gold medal at the Olympics because of Crosby. Because of Crosby. So, like, yeah. my point is maybe it's time to try McDavid with a couple of other guys. Do McDavid with Kajula and Chiazon. And yeah, then, even that. And then do a second line of, like, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, the pool yard. Though I will say, and I, I know I'm the card-carrying president of the Nugent Hopkins fan club, I thought Nugent's line was the best line that the Oilers had last night. Yep. And that's Jesse there, too. They had the worst Corsi of any forward line last game. Mm. Cassian well, was, like, what, 80? Oh, yeah. The, the, the identity line was just, like, shockingly good in terms of the Corsi. The yeah, Corsi. I don't, I don't really care that much. What was their like opponents and like, you know, Nuge plays the, the tougher minutes. So oh yeah, like. absolutely. Those, and those then also the lines. thing with the identity line is like Kazian comes down and fires a weak shot towards the net and that counts as like a plus. Whereas yeah. with Nugent Hopkins, he's trying to bring it in front of the net and get a quality yeah. chance and you know, he doesn't get anything out of it. He doesn't get that. So I, I guess, I guess my point, just the original point was that it's, it's, like I think Leon is talented, and I think that he's good and like he's good enough to to drive another line. And I think that Connor can can make Kajula and Chiesa on work, can make Raddy and Chiesa on work. I, I also there's part of me though that thinks like if I'm the weather's coach or management or whatever, I look at that and just be like, "Fuck, that's so unfair to Connor." <laughs> like just it, beca- yeah, just because he can doesn't mean he should. Yeah, but I like, mean like. Like Raddy came on the ice last night, and within a few seconds had a high quality chance. Raddy was flying last night. Yeah. I also oh, wonder yeah, too, like but... I also wonder too if if Hitchcock will look at flipping Leon and Nuge back, or he just seems to love Nuge a lot. Everything he says about him is just overwhelmingly positive. So maybe he just kind of leaves him there as the second line center. He's turning Nuge into like Patrice Bergeron. Man, it's so good, like fantastic. I'm gonna go ahead and fanboy about Nuge here a little bit. Him and Connor, their ability to strip guys of the puck is unbelievable. Last night, I'm thinking of Connor now. Tarasenko was going in right from the slot. Connor just like a little whoop. That's my puck now. Is it as good as their ability to strip you of your pants when you're watching from home? First of all, there's a problem with your question because I'm not wearing pants when I'm home. (laughs) That's your first problem. (laughs) But you know what? If they want to strip me of my pants, Chris, then I'm going to go ahead and let that happen. Chris is nodding approvingly. He's happy about that. Another quick observation about Leon Dreisel this year. I don't know if that has anything to do with his playing minutes, but he's on pace for a career high in penalty minutes. So maybe uh, he's angry. Maybe uh, the angry German take down the penalty minutes a little bit, uh, score some more goals. I think there's an element of frustration there for him too. At some points in his game, like you can just see that he yeah. he just looks frustrated. He takes it a lot from the other team too, right? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. we've, we've we've noticed it. Like McDavid gets like the ever loving shit kicked out of him, and the refs are like, "This is fun." But Dreisaitl, we never seem to talk about it, but man, down low is well, he's man, just getting yeah. destroyed. This makes me so excited for the Battle of Alberta this Sunday. Like, what is going to happen? What is Dreisaitl going to do? What is Zach Casting going to do? What's Matthew what Kachuk going to do? do? I think we all know what he's going to do. Oh, absolutely. He's going to go back into his little shell. foot is coming out hard. He's going to go back into his little shell, and Cassian's going to try and dummy him again. And you know how that goes. So Dusty wrote an article at Oilers Nation yesterday talking about ways to spread the offense around. He had a couple of different options. I'm curious if you guys like any of them. The one is currently as it were. So I'm Chris, I'm going to, well, this is what I'm going to ask. I'm going to give you some options here and I'm going to just let you rank them. Okay. Okay. One, two, and three, one being the best. So the first one is to let everything stay the same as it is right now. Okay. The second one is to reunite McNooch, putting dry back on the second line with Kara and Pugliarvi, which would be a big, big, big boy line. That's a thick line right there. Yep. And then the third option yep, three. is to put uh, Dreisaitl and Nuge together. Okay? So we got, as it is, 
McNooch, then Drysidle and Nooch. Chris, which one of you of those do you like the best? Which do you like the least? I've always been a fan of McNooge, and I um, will continue to be a fan of McNooge. So I, I want to see them back together. And the one you dislike, as it uh, were, McNooge or Drysidle and Nooch? I don't dislike any of them. I would want to say the... It's hard to argue with this lineup. I'm going to say the current lineup. I dislike the most. I would go, I, I mean, I think I've made it clear that I think Nuge and Drysaddle can play together, and the important part of that is having Pugliarvi on the right side. I think that the two of them together with, with Pugliarvi forechecking the way he does now is important. So I, I like that the most. I don't like the way it is right now. One, three, two. That's the way you do it. The way it is. And then I think the third option there was, uh, yeah, Dry Nuge. And then uh, Nuge and Connor is the third one. I'm going to bust the door down with a hot take. And I'm going to say the best way to do it. And I was saying this last year too. The best way to do it is three centers. McDavid's your number one. Dry Salt's your number two. Nuge's your number three. Let Nuge and Hopkins become your, your really good Patrice Bergeron guy that just like really shuts guys down but can produce offense. And then have Drysaddle be his own center, but get him a real winger to play with. Like go out and sack up and go get like Mark Stone from Ottawa and give him like a really good player. You know what? I would be interested in seeing that again because we've only seen that in the in the Todd McClellan era. I'd like to see what Hitchcock could do with those three centers. Yeah, because that's all lined all that's up. A, that, yeah. that's that's about as deep as this team can get is when those three are all apart. Mm-hmm. And the last time, so Leon Drysaddle's been really good in the league with McDavid, but he was also really good in the league when Hall was his winger. If you can get, I mean, you're not going to get Taylor Hall in a trade, obviously, but if you can get someone, <laughs> some people can, some people can, Chirelli can't, if you can get a good winger, because Dreisaitl splits, he hasn't been good away from McDavid, but that's not his fault. The wingers that he's been given are bad. If you give him a good winger, I think he can be an elite second line center. And when it comes to wingers too, we do have two question marks in Zykoff once he gets a visa, and then also Reader too. Yeah, Reader I think was, Reader's making yep. a big. Reader was impact. good. Reader and Drysaddle were good together. Yeah. So if you do Reader and Drysaddle and another winger you acquire that's good, maybe even Zykoff. Maybe we decided if it's Zykoff or Zikov yet. Or sorry, we, yeah, we got Zikov. we got shit on. Yeah, somebody got mad online. People are really sensitive about that comment. Oh, yeah, so Dan, aggressive. bring that comment up. But yeah, we got shit on for that, man. Like this guy is really aggro about how you pronounce this guy's name. We want to pronounce it correctly. We just don't know how that is. Zikov. Well, and like even the TSN guys had like an argument over it on the weekend as to how to, how to actually say it. I went on to I went onto YouTube and I was watching some Carolina highlights, or I guess Z Zy. Cov highlights. We have got somebody playing. Who that wants to listen to that sweet, trying to load sweet up intro the, music? That time already? Load up the comments. Are we didn't play it out? Nope. Basically, my point was, in the Carolina highlights, his name got pronounced both ways. So, that's just confusing me. I've got the I'm not smart right enough here. to figure it out. Dan, go ahead. You idiots can't even say his name and don't respect him. You just got the number one goal scorer in the AHL last year for free. <laughs> Car, not a great team. They're second in division. Carr has a lot of talent in organization before rookie owner gave away all our top players for free. Skinner is leading the NHL in goals, one behind line A in second, and Buffalo is leading East in points with Tampa Bay. Zykov led AHL in goals last year despite time in the NHL. Don't want that for free? If you can't say his name and don't appreciate this gift on a silver platter, you don't know hockey. Nobody That's- said we didn't want him. <laughs> Yeah, That's which one of us Zykov's said we didn't want him? It was, I think he's really mad about the pronunciation. I think we're unanimously positive about the others picking this guy up. Yeah, of course. And the worst part about that comment to me, I think, is that he didn't even give us any fucking indication of how it's pronounced. Yeah. He didn't yeah. help, man. He's stressed out. We've said it every way, and he Zykov. didn't clarify which one is right. I'm going to go with Zikov. I'm going to go is, with Zikov. You got, I, I hear you got uh, yeah, lead, lead prospects, prospects was saying Valentin Zikov. So is it, I think we're going to go with the Z. Zikov. Is it Zikov. Z, Chris? And just for that guy, I'm going to go with Zikov. There's a there's a Y in it though. Because I respect oh, the gift. How the hell does that work? Spell how about we just call man. him the gift? Ooh. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay, well, hey, hey, we haven't seen him play yet. No, but this, is that we gotta trust this guy. If this guy's that passionate, he probably gives a lot of fucks for some reason about the Carolina Hurricanes and or Charlotte Checkers. So we gotta respect his opinion. <laughs> if you're gonna get mad online in a YouTube comment about that, we gotta go with it. Is this our new name for the skill player that we that is the answer, quote unquote. The answer is somebody who comes into the lineup and is unexpectedly good, whereas the gift is 
somebody you take from a different team for nothing. He could be the gift. So who so else she, would we have on this? So, so we've got could she, be a gift, but he could also be the answer. He also he could is. be the answer. I think a player you acquire on waivers could be the gift. I think we're complicating things too much. Cassian? Did we trade for Cassian? No. Yeah, we traded Ben Scrivens for Cassian. Which, you know, I mean, where's Ben Scrivens at these days? KHL. Chucking, gift. chucking jerseys out into the stands in the KHL, Chris. We got Lucic for free. <laughs> and what a gift it was. Now, we are going to get to the Lucic gold draft that we held here at HQ oh, yesterday. Boy. But first, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Get Sauced. 9620 58th Avenue, Edmonton, Alberta. We are going to give a shout out to our friends at Get Sauced. If you are going to see them at some kind of trade show, you've heard Dan say they're very busy, but they're accommodating. It's so worth it. You get to taste all the sauces. We got some kind of curry sauce. The missus picked up some curry sauce from Get Sauced a little while ago. It's fucking good, man. They're uh, so good. I can't remember the name of it. It's the Southern Mustard Sauce. Uh, oh, that's so good on chicken fingies. Oh, uh, Chris, you didn't get fingies yesterday. No, I got wings. We went to the pine. We had to get wings. It was Wednesday. What are you going to do? <laughs> All right, boys. Lucic goal draft. Great timing because Evan just finished the uh, the chart. He put together a hell of an Excel spreadsheet, right? Do now. you guys have that open in front of you? Yeah, I, mine's loading. Still. It should be in your email right now. Okay. Email from Evan. I'll let one of you guys open that for me while I just try to navigate to that. So yesterday at HQ, we put up all of the remaining Oilers games. On, on the, the schedule, board. how much was it? Does anybody know what the math 55 was? Fifty-five games. Fifty-five games. Fifty-five games. It was eleven for all of us. Uh, it was five of us in the draft. Eleven games each. Eleven times five is fifty-five. Yeah. Math works out on that, as far as I know. Now, so what we did is we all picked games, eleven of them to be exact, across the remaining schedule. And Cam, how do the points work on the distribution for this? How are we putting this draft together? So we we discussed this quite a bit. There was thought about doing something like three points for a goal, two for an assist, one if he punches someone in the face, five if he retires mid-game kind of thing. But we ended up just dumbing it down, making it easy. <laughs> and all it is is just... So we each we, we all drafted games, and if Lucic scores a goal in that game, we get one point. And then since uh, me, Bag Milk, and Chris still had our OG picks, remember a few podcasts ago, we were like, when's Lucic going to score? I said New Year's Eve. Chris said sometime in June for some reason. I said February. 17th. Yeah. Chris was like, he's going to score in the third round of the playoffs against fucking Nashville. Can big bold prediction. Can yeah. It's going to be his next game? goal. <laughs> wow. You know what? That'd be a big goal, Luch. You go ahead and score that one, big guy. If you, yeah. If you pick that properly in November, then I would happily let you win the competition. You could pick whatever jersey for me you want. But yeah. So we each have 11 games. Whoever has the most goals in their games by the end of this wins. The competition and the competition is the winner gets to pick for all the losers a shirt jersey that they have to wear for a week. A week straight? Sure. I think we decided we're gonna we're gonna change we might wait change the terms. But we'll figure those out. You have to if wear you got, it for a month. Yeah, we we've got time to figure this out. If you got an idea <laughs> on how we should do the jersey thing, be sure to tweet us any of our individual accounts, tweet at, at ON Radio Podcast. Let's discuss. Let's bring the listeners into the mix on how we should punish each other. Now Last night was the first game of the draft, and Rick, sitting right behind me, went with last night. With his first round pick. Yes, by first the way. First overall pick in true Oilers fashion, selected a bust. <laughs> <laughs> last night, Luch did not get a shot on net. Uh, unfortunately, Rick's dreams of a goal did not happen. Game against Minnesota coming up on Friday goes to Chris. That is during the Oilers Nation Christmas party, so it's going to be extra intense. It's gonna be it's gonna be great because we're all gonna be a little bit saucy. Mm-hmm. Shout out to get sauced, and we're gonna have some fun chirping each other. It's gonna be a great time well, watching the game together Chris the whole time. Well, yeah. So this That's is important to me. I'm thinking that Evan built this spreadsheet for me for all of us so that we can keep track of who picked who. I am noticing a lot, a lot of Rick games in December. I want to go ahead and ask the man himself why you decided to pick one, two, three, four. Five, six of your 11 picks in December. I got to stick with uh, with an old prediction I made a little while ago as well. I know I picked a single game there, but I said we were, we're gonna, he's going to score in Calgary. But then I uh, went out on a limb and said he's going to have four or five by the end of the calendar year. So I just needed to, you know, I know it's, it's, it's still coming. So I wanted to, you know, double down in, in December and make sure I, I was uh, taking care of myself. I still see, uh, yeah. Probably four. I uh, last night there was a couple times if he just turned around and swatted at the puck, 
That's those are that's the goals. Big, that, those are the goals ask. you're gonna go in. <laughs> Just that, like the little table hockey guy, man. Just sit there in circles and swat, 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 swat. On that note, I've also in, chosen to invest deeply into the month of February. Yeah, you uh, have a you have a solid week, four have, games in a row. Yeah, you blocked off a whole week there. Yeah, I'm. A, I have large expectations for Lucic in February. I think that that's his month, and I'm going all in. I'm gonna go around the table here. I want to get everybody's strategy on why they were picking. If you had a strategy for myself, what I did is I had the standings open and I was looking for the worst possible teams at the bottom of the standings, assuming that they give up the most goals, goalies would have the most issues. I felt most comfortable picking the shittiest teams I possibly could as my 11 picks. Cam, what was your strategy? I tried to pick like at home rivalry games that I thought he'd be fired up. Like, for example, I grabbed like. March 9th, when the Leafs come to town, it's going to be like a heated up stadium because Lucic on the road, he uh, he frequently looks exasperated. He looks uh, word of the day. boom word of the nice. day. Good for you. He looks uh, he just looks he just looks tired and burnt out. So I try to grab some home games when the crowd's going to be in it because I know that gets him fired up. I picked home. I went. I think I have one away game in the whole stretch, and I also picked bad goalies like you, Bag Milk. I've grabbed the St. Louis's. I grabbed the Ottawa's, the Calgary's. Mine was, uh, it started with February, and then I realized that I should probably spread it out, so then I was trying <laughs> to pick. It started with a month of the year. <laughs> and then I was like, oh shit, I have nothing in the calendar year of 2018, so I try to get one in December, and then another in January. You know. This stroke can't go that long. He's gotta, he's gotta bury one or two this month. It has to be this month. It's been way too long. Something's gonna go Remember off his shin pad, off his ass, off his stick. The Milan Something's Lucic gonna go fan wrong. club over here. Something's gonna go wrong for the other team, and he's gonna pop a goal. He's gonna it's be gonna crashing the net, and Connor's gonna throw it on the net, and it's gonna hit his skate. I want to win this with an empty netter. Somehow, <laughs> somehow, he's gonna end up on the ice, and he's gonna get an empty netter. I got the prices right. Pick right here, April sixth at Calgary. Final game of the season. Something's gonna he's gonna score like two goals in that game on Mike Smith, and then he's gonna like punch him in the face or something. And I'm gonna win the win the competition. Looking at me, I got a lot of March games. I was just gonna say, Bag Milk and myself have a lot of March games. Yeah, I like that. If we're in a playoff run, lots specific division games at the end of the year. But they're gonna be resting Lucic. That's the only thing. He should be arrested. He's not playing a whole lot. Anyway, go ahead. Or, and on that note, we'll be, there'll be high intense games at the end of the year, or we'll be playing teams that have benched a lot of their best guys. And Does, one, oh, sorry, one extra note just for the rules. Uh, we also said that if he scores a goal on your guys' original days, so Bag Milk, Coom, and Chris. So my it, original day is the one right before Christmas on the 22nd against mine's, Tampa. Mine's New Year's against the airportless Winnipeg Jets. And mine's February 13th. So if he scores Pittsburgh. on one of those days, that breaks a tie at the end of the season. We're very high likelihood this is going to be tied 1-1. One, zero, one, zero, 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 zero. <laughs> oh, so, I'm so excited for it. So we need that tiebreaker, and then we'll we'll come across any other tiebreakers we need. Okay, so this is here's a, here's a follow-up question I have. We each picked 11 games where we think that the big man is going to score. We each have 11. Of your 11 games, now I'm going to ask for a prediction of points. So it's a one point for a goal. That's it. Assists don't count. Fights don't count. Pims don't count. We're not counting Corsi. We're not doing any of them fancies, Coop. Of your 11 picks, how many points do you think you're going to get? I think I'm going to end up with two. I think he. I still think he's going to score that New Year's Eve goal for me, and I think he's going to score in that final game of the year against Calgary. So that'd be three points because you'd get two points for. No, no, that's just a tiebreak goal. So it's, yeah, just going to score two goals uh, on my game. So two two points total. Chris, what do you think? You've got eleven games. You're looking at you're looking at the spreadsheet Evan made for us right here. Well, Chris is thinking. Dan's thinking. Wheels turning. Wheels are turning. Smoke's was, coming out. You know what? I'm feeling lucky this year. Go ahead. Eleven. Uh, out of the 11 games I chose, I'm going to go with uh, three points for myself because Milan Lucic loves me. Dan? I <laughs> I am not as high on Lucic as you guys are. I think of my 11 games, he is going to score one goal. <laughs> I I don't know. I just I feel like it's going to come in like January against Calgary, but I think he might just the score The chances one goal. of him actually scoring like more than one goal on the 11 games you picked is 
Probably very slim. What is yeah, his, do the math quick. Yeah, what's his on what, pace what, for, for goals right now? Well, he's always scored one goal in like 20, what, 28 games? That means he's on pace for three this year. <laughs> so right now we have him total between the three of us. We have him scoring six goals. Okay, and I'm going to go ahead. And and I'm Rick gonna has add, like four. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to add my two as well. Okay. So I think so I'm going to finish goals. with two. And then Rick, I know you're fucking confident in 2018, Luch. How do you think you're going to play out in your 11 games? Well, 10. I'm getting a, I'm getting a solid four. I'm getting oh a goodness. solidity four so goals in the next ten games because I lost one yesterday. So we think, so we think he's going to bury like twelve goals. 12 goals he's going to uh, he's going to pop two in a game. To the fans Mark of the podcast, down. do you take the over or the under on that one? <laughs> I'm just sticking with my, uh, you guys are all wrong. By the way, he's scoring like four, but they're all going to be on my days. So he's going to finish with five or six goals on the year. Okay, so let's set an over under here. So I'm looking at the average here. Let's set an over under a 2.5. If you're a listener, wait, are you talking about? No, for no, the it's year? absolutely. You're absolutely correct on the math there. For the year, that wasn't laughing. For the full year, 82 games. I was oh, just okay, laughing the f- at the 2.5. That's, that's <laughs> oh, yeah. all. I was. Okay, I was. I was thinking about our own 11 games. Okay, for the full year. When we when we signed Lucic, however many years ago after the Connor draft, did <laughs> we was, ever expect this to happen? No, yes. not in year three. Yes. I mean, like in year four, five. <laughs> yeah, maybe? everybody was everybody was calling this in year four, five. Okay, but. let's 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 back up a little bit. Cam, full year over under. What do you think it should be set at? Over under two point five. No, that I was just thinking of my individual eleven <laughs> games. I like two point five for the whole year. For the whole year, yeah, man. We're one third of the way through the year, and he has one goal. So and the math it, adds up. Like the three is like predicted, three is you just predicted two goals for him. Yeah, and that would be slightly over. That'd be three for the year. Okay. Okay. Chris, what do you think of the over under? Do you agree that I my initial two point five like Cam does, or do you think I'm being a little bit harsh? What did Cam say? I was taking a selfie. Sorry. You're not. You never listened to me. You were selfieing mid podcast. <laughs> even even in his first year when he was with the team, when he scored in uh, 20, 16, 17, what like twenty goals? Twenty two, I think. Like somewhere like that. seventeen of those were on the power play, and he was on PP one. And now he's on PP2, which is basically an even strength unit because when they're out there, they don't look like they're on the power play. Man, so like he's that, almost at two goals per 82 games. <laughs> yeah, like oh he has he has two goals this calendar year over the stretch of like what, like 60, 70 games? No, it's 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 in the 70s now for sure. Yeah, so like to set, set the over under at 2.5 is fair. He's got to do something. Like he's got to go on like a five-day bender and like just miss two games and just like get, I don't know, just change something up in his get life. drunk for five days. I know that and then when I'm back, at my like... peak performance <laughs> is after a five day bender. How's that working out for you, Jared? <laughs> Jared, day one, day Jared, one. Of Jared's having bender. a good time over yeah. there. And what do you think about this over under? I think that I think that your number is completely fair, and I think that as a group we were being fair. So I believe three and a half is the is the number. See, if I you feel give him the I, credit for that goal. Yeah, I felt like I was harsh on two point five. If we're looking at the whole season, it's not harsh because it's you're just taking our mathematical numbers. You're just being you're just being statistically honest. I just think three point five is the fair number for the whole season. Rick, what do you think? Three point five is probably fine. Two point five is honestly, yeah, you really can't argue with it. It's <laughs> I like is this it is this saying two fair? If you're Vegas, well, you can't do over under on two. If you're Vegas right now, you you would it. take the. I think you would put it up to three point five just because you're you're gonna have the people that no one's believe gonna in bet it. that. You better give me some real good odds. If you're giving Vegas me two point five in Vegas and he already has one, I think I take that over. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we really double down and put it down uh, uh, one point five? Uh, I think that, that one point five just being mean. Two point five is probably being a little on the underside of realistic. Three and a half is between two and a half and three and a half. But honestly, hey, Oscar Clefbaum just scored three goals in like five games or four games. Don't you dare compare Oscar Clefbaum to Milan Lucic. You bite your tongue, sir. I don't even know if that's an insult or a compliment. Like to who? To which one? I don't. I don't know. Like you never know. Like I said in February, he he goes on like he can easily score three goals in three games. Hawken is still in Canada right now. You leave him alone. So, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you, uncommon for a, a player going through a slump. To what just would you rather put goals. money on? Lucic scoring five goals this year or McDavid scoring 130 points? Oh, McDavid all day. Yeah. How about 150 points? Lucic. Five goals for Lucic? Yeah. Or 150 yeah. for McDavid. But you know what? Connor's not on pace for 100. Yeah, Connor's not, like, 30. he He's, could do it. I would never doubt him. What do you think's more likely? Uh, seven goals from Lucic or an Oilers Stanley Cup? Oh, man. All right. So if, you, if you're listening to this right now, help us set the over under. We've got 
2.5, 3.5. It could be either way. I don't know. Let us know on Twitter, at ON Radio Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to episode 15. Thanks to our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Follow them on Insta. Follow them on Twitter. Thanks to Get Sauced for keeping flavors tight. And thanks for Chris for paying attention. Shout out Damien. Shout out to Damien. Best wishes. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.